I have a warning for today's message. Um, I'll just be honest. I am fired up. Uh, I, I, I am geared up and ready to go today because I feel like today's message is going to challenge us and change us in major ways. It's been wrestling with me all week and I just feel a new energy. So I pray that you would just lean in today, that you would lean in. And it's easy to come to church. Let's call it what it is. It's easy to come to church and, well, I've been doing this for years, Shane, I've heard it all. My prayer today is we can just lean in a little more. But before we start our message, I just want to talk to our friends with the God Behind Bars real quick. Do you guys mind if I just talk to them for a second? Uh, I just want to say we love you. You are not... part of this church that's distant, that's off. You are a part of this church. You are family. You are covered by the blood of Jesus if you stepped into relationship with him, and you are part of this family. We love you. We pray for you. We celebrate what happens with you every week. You are part of Grace Church. Right, church? We're continuing our series Transformation today, and actually we are concluding the series today. This will be the last day of this series, and the whole concept of this series from the beginning to where we are now is that when we encounter Jesus, it calls for transformation in our life. There's areas in our life that need to transform. There's areas in our life that we need to surrender to him, that we need to give to him. We need to look at differently. Maybe it's habits, maybe it's ways of thinking, but a life with Christ calls for transformation. And we've, we've talked about many topics. We, we, we've talked about being a witness. Um, we've talked about your wallet, and Dan talked about that. And we are ending today with we're going to talk about transforming into a warrior for Christ, a warrior in your faith. And I want to just give a definition of the word warrior. If you look at the dictionary, it would say this, a warrior is a person engaged or experienced in warfare. And then it says a broader term is a person in some struggle or conflict. A person in some struggle or conflict. Today's message, we are just gonna be speaking about what it looks like to be someone in our faith immersed in a struggle or conflict and stay faithful, stay true, stay focused on Jesus. And before we dive into scripture today, if you want to get there, we're going to be focusing in one passage all the way through today, 1 Samuel 17. So as I begin to talk, if you want to turn there, but I want to just talk about this idea of a warrior. There's something, this is just a rant I have to do to get this started. Please don't get mad at me. If if, if you don't like it, Dan told me to say it, okay? If you like it, it was all my idea, okay? So there's, there's a big problem in our world, big problem. And I, I've evaluated everything, and I think I've found the key problem to our world. Participation trophies. Now, my kids are in T-ball, like I said earlier a couple weeks ago. And every week it's hard for me because in T-ball everyone scores. Everyone hits. Everyone runs, everyone goes around, but my kids come up to me every game. Dad, did we win? And I'm so truthful with them. It might be the competitor in me, but in T-ball, everyone scores. So if one team has nine, one team has eight, nope, you didn't win. Or if you had more players, you won. It's just this idea of like, uh, did we win? All I have to do is show up. 
I, I, I don't have to really try. And I know it ruffles us, but I've, I've kind of, I'm joking a little bit about the participation trophy, but what I've seen is in the church, we have begun to settle for participation trophies in our relationship with Jesus. We have begun to just been okay just showing up. Okay just being here. It's okay if I'm not all the way there. I'm good here. And we begin to settle for these things. And if we are going to be a warrior in our faith, we cannot have that mindset. We cannot have a mindset of just going through the motions, existing, just being present. Whatever I land, it's okay. Because when I read Ephesians 6, 12, okay, I lied from stage. There is another verse that's not for Samuel. <laughs> Ephesians 6, 12, it says this. For you are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. I gotta make this clear. As a Christian, you are in a battle. As a Christian, you are in a struggle. There is battles going all around you. There, there, there's, there's fighting over your time. There's fighting over your heart. There's fighting over your thinking. And we, we have become numb, some of us, to this idea of the spiritual battle we are in that we don't even think about it. We don't even plan for it. We don't even prepare for it. Trust me, I wish, I wish I could stand up here on Sunday and just give this kind of altar call. Hey, if you accept Christ, your life is going to be perfect. You will never make another mistake. You will never face hardships. You will have more money than you could ever dream of. Your marriage, perfect. Your kids, never talk back. Your boss, three promotions each month. <laughs> I wish I could do, I wish I could stand up here and I, I, that would be easy, but here's the truth. I wanna, I, I'm not trying to just tell you what you wanna hear, I'm trying to tell you what you need to hear and here's what you need to hear. When you accept Jesus and you step into faith and you begin to transform your life, the enemy hates it and he's going to attack you. He doesn't want you to win. He doesn't want you to succeed, he wants you to give up, he wants you to quit. He doesn't want you to take steps forward. You are in that battle. You are in that battle. And if we are gonna be a warrior in this battle, a warrior for our faith, I think we can learn from warriors in scripture. There is one warrior in scripture, in my opinion, that I just look at, and the story is just the most, the coolest story in the world, the story of David. Any David fans in here? I love David. One, because I'm a big guy. You know, and I just like, whenever, like sometimes I put myself as the Goliath character in the David and Goliath story. And I, I love the story. David, David is this, this amazing warrior who, who, who's tackled and beaten wild beasts. He, he kills Goliath with the sling. He's conquered kingdoms. He is like the ultimate dude. He's the guy. He's the toughest of the tough. I mean, the moment, even when he beats Goliath, this might be graphic for you. We're going to get there in a little bit, but Goliath's out there in all this armor. David walks out with a slingshot. <laughs> a slingshot, a sling. I mean, how cool is that? 
I want a bumper sticker that just says, be my, like David. I want to be that guy. But as I began to study the life of David in the context of becoming a warrior, I began to realize there was so much that David did before the fight that mattered, that set him up to be the warrior he was. So in 1 Samuel 17, we're going to start in verse 4. Let me set the stage here before verse 4 of the idea of what's happening here, the battle. There's battle lines drawn at this moment in time in Scripture. There's the Philistines on one side and the armies of God, of Israel, on the other. And they are about to go into conflict. Battle lines drawn, it's clear, it's about to happen. And in uh, 1 Samuel 4, it says this, Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet and a bronze coat of mail weighing about 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor, and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of the spear was heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron sharpened that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. I know some of you are saying, why is this important? Why, why is it important that we know Goliath's nine feet tall? I want to put that in perspective. Three feet taller than me. Why is it important we know how heavy his shield was? Why is it important we know how heavy the tip of his spear was? Because we need to understand how big Goliath is. We need to understand how unbeatable this opponent would be. We need to understand how big of a battle that's about to go down. Whoever chooses to face this man is going to face the hardest of battles. It's a big battle. Goliath is huge. And if you just jump down in 1 Samuel, a couple verses to verse 24, it says this. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. I love this line. Have you seen the giant? They begin to run away. In fright, and they, they're yelling, have you seen how big this guy is? Have you seen how big this problem is? Have you, have you seen how big this fight is gonna be? We don't want this, but then the question I say is, what does David see? What does David see in this moment? In 1 Samuel 17, verse 26, this is what David sees. After everyone's in fear, everyone's panicking, everyone's running and hiding, Think about that for today. All this fear, all this panic, what does David see? David asked the soldier standing nearby, what will a man get for killing the Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? I love this about David. David walks in, everyone's scared. He's like, who's this guy? This guy? You know, like, like he walks in, he sees guys, this? This is what everybody's scared about? It's just a guy. And I let, he says, like, what will a guy get? What, what do I win when I beat him? What do I get? Who, who does he think he is to defy the armies of God? When it comes to us being warriors of our faith, what we can learn from David in this moment is we can either look at the size of the problem or we can look at the size of our God. We can either look at the size of the problem. 
And point one for today's message is this. You have big problems. I'm not saying you have small problems. You have big problems, but to be a warrior of the faith, you need to remember you have a bigger God. You have big problems, you have a bigger God. You've heard this saying, it's not the what? It's not the, 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 the man in the fight. It's not the size of the man in the fight, but it's what? The size of the fight in the man. Man, I wanna change that. It's not the man in the fight or the woman in the fight. It's the size of the God who lives within them in the fight that matters. It's, it, you have big problems, but you have a bigger God. How, how big do you see God? When you view your life and you view all the problems you have, how big does God compare? Or if you're honest, when you evaluate your hardships, is God smaller or equal to these things? Do we really believe God is powerful? I, I, I remind myself of this very, I have to go quick here because I'm gonna run out of time. I remind myself of this all the time when it comes to the size of my God. In the beginning, God. And guess what? In the end, God. In the beginning, say it with me, God. In the end, God. That says it all. He's the beginning and the end. Everything is smaller than him. Amen? Amen. Then it goes on to read in 1 Samuel 17, verse 8, Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you coming out to fight? He called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only servants of Saul. Choose one man and come down here and fight me. He's, Goliath stands there in his pride and his arrogance and his size and he shouts taunts to the other side. I'm the champion. I'm the biggest and the baddest. Send someone out. Begins to taunt. And here's the truth. When it comes to the battles you're facing, sometimes your battles are loud. Sometimes your battles are loud. I don't know about you, but I've had moments in my life where the struggles and the hardships and the brokenness and the things I'm facing, all these things are just so loud in my head, it hurts. But then I remember, if I'm gonna be a warrior and I am going to stand true in my faith, I need to remember that yes, I have loud problems, but I have a God who has a more powerful voice. The voices I hear that tell me I'm not good enough, the voices that tell me that the problem's too big, the voices that tell me that I'm a failure, I need to stop listening to those voices and to begin to listen to the voice that can whisper and mountains are built. I, I listen to a God who can say things and dead things can rise. It, what voice are we listening to when it comes to the battle? What voice are we listening to? The voice of God is not always loud, but it is always the most powerful. The whisper of God can do more than the loudest problem you face. And then Goliath goes on to say in verse nine, if he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I just wanna make sure we're clear on this. Philistine army on one side, Israelite army on another side. Big old Goliath comes out and says, hey, all of your future, everything about you, your, your country, your friends, everything rides on you sending one person out to beat this giant of a man. This is, this is, a, this is a, a huge problem. It's an important outcome for people, right? 
Can you imagine being on the Israelite side, just being like, well, one, I hope it's not me. <laughs> Two, I hope we have a giant as well. Like, who's going? Nobody wants to go. Nobody wants to wear the weight of that responsibility of possibly failing and everyone being enslaved, and no one wants to go and die? This is a defining problem. Here's the truth. We have defining problems. You have defining problems where it might change outcomes in your life. It might hurt, things might break. We have defining problems, but we have a definite God. We have a definite God that is unshaken and unchanging. I think sometimes, if we're honest, when we view God, we view him up in heaven, like watching our news channels, and he's like, oh my gosh, what's happening? I did not know this was gonna happen. I I am so surprised. What are we gonna do? What, what can I do? God is not up in heaven surprised. He's not nervous. He's not scared. He is over all things. He's in control of all things. He sits on the throne and he rules over all. He's not nervous or scared. So when we face defining problems, we need to remember what? We have a definite God. We have a God who sets over everything. Are you guys starting to get the picture here? You starting to get it? Good, because we only have eight more points. When it comes to trusting God with our problems, this definite God, we really have to ask ourselves, do we trust him? Do we trust him? Like, yeah, we have problems, we have big things. Do I really trust God? I try, I, I try to live my life like this. Do the best I can. Try as hard as I can. Do as much work as I can. Trust God with the results. Trust him with the results. It goes on in verse 10 and 11. Goliath says this. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were what? Terrified and deeply shaken. They were terrified and deeply shaken. You will have problems. You will have problems that will terrify you. You will have problems that will shake you. Maybe some of you are in that right now. You will have problems that will terrify you and shake you, but you need to remember if you're gonna be a warrior, if you're gonna be in this fight, you have an unshakable God. A God that cannot be shaken, who cannot be fractured, who cannot be broken. As big as the problem is. And there is going to be problems. You will face problems. Sometimes you'll face problems in the form of people. Don't nudge them if they're next to you. See, pastor said so. You'll face problems of people. People will let you down. People will hurt you. People will say words that will cut you down. People will say words that will harm you. You'll face problems. They will shake you, but you have an unshakable God. You will face problems with government decisions that will hurt, that will make you question everything, that will make you feel like everything is breaking and falling apart. They might shake you, but you have an unshakable God. You might face problems with our culture 
that fractures your thinking and makes you question so much and maybe even time shakes you to the point of wanting to quit, to give up. You have an unshakable God. You might face problems in your family where divorce is looming, kids are rebelling, hardship and hurt has entered, and you are shaken to your core, you need to remember you have an unshakable God. You might face spiritual battles that we read about at the very beginning of this message, battles that the enemy will throw at you that will shake you and rattle you to your core where you will become terrified at what he is throwing at you. But in those times, if you are going to be a warrior, you need to remember what? You have an unshakable God. Amen, church? We serve an unshakable God, but here's the truth. You need to get to know him. How do you know he's unshakable? How do you know his voice is powerful? How do you know he's consistent and definite? How do you know he's a big God? You only learn these things through being in his presence. You can't go and face trials, face hardships, and want to be a warrior without knowing the heart of the one you serve, knowing the truth of who he is. I wrote down just a couple points here to help you with this. If you are going to stay a warrior and grow in this, you have to get to know him. And the first thing you do is you need to begin to read your scripture. You have the word of God. All the time I see people, they come and they talk to me and they're like, Shane, I'm facing a battle. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going on. I, when's, and I'll ask, I'm praying for you, I'm with you. When's the last time you read your scripture? Oh, Shane, I don't have time for that. Everything's breaking. If you don't begin to dive and fall in love with the word of God, you will always see him as small. You will always see him as unpowerful, but the more you dive into his words and his truth, you will begin to look at your problems different. You'll begin to look at your struggles different. You need to connect here. You need to connect to the people around you. To not do life alone. To not stand by yourself when you face problems. I need help from someone in the middle who's not scared of everybody looking at him. Anybody, raise your hand. Okay, you, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. See, this is how the enemy wants us to think we live. We stand alone in life. And we're, we're all by ourselves. That we're isolated and alone. And it's just us standing up against these trials by ourselves. We got no one with us. And we believe these lies. And I want everyone in here to see this visual this morning without knowing her, without knowing anything about her. Without knowing if she's a good person, I'm sure you are. Without knowing if she's got sin in her life. Without knowing if she's made mistakes. Not even knowing if she loves Jesus yet. Watch this, watch this. Without knowing anything about her, if you were to say, I don't even know her. I don't know her, but I would be willing to stand with her through a trial. I'd be willing to stand with her and lock arms with her and pray for her and to lift her up. Begin to stand to your feet right now. If that's you, it, it's just, see, it's happening. You don't even know her. You don't know her and we are convinced. That we, are, we get convinced that we're doing life alone. That we are standing alone when the truth is we have so many people around us who are standing with us. Amen? Go ahead and grab a seat. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to close with this. Because we read 1 Samuel 17 through and we've heard these things about David. I am going to read to you what in my opinion is the most important verse here. Gosh, this... This is good. This is good. We got a big enemy. 
Goliath's huge. We got a loud enemy who taunts. We have a defiant enemy that mocks the armies of God. We have a terrifying enemy that shakes the the army to their core. But then in verse 12, put it on the screen. Now, David. Oh, you guys don't get it. We got this big enemy, big problems. Now, David was a son of a man named Jesse. I want you to focus on now David. The first part of scripture lists all these big things, all these big problems, but now David. One man who stood apart and set apart from everyone else's thinking. When you read scripture, you'll see something. This is used all the time. The problems listed in scripture, but now this person. Now, this person. Goliath is big, he's strong, he's threatening to take down the armies of God, but now David. Now David had a different view of the problem. David looked to God instead of the problem. Now David was different than everyone else. While everybody else scared and timid and shaken in their boots, now David knew that God was big. I don't know about you, but when they write the story of my life, I want them to list all these big problems that our world is facing today. I want them to list everything, all these huge things, and it says, now shame. Now Shane, put your name there if that's what you want. Now Shane saw it differently. Shane saw God as big and wasn't scared of the problem. Shane saw the the things that the world was facing and said, my God is in control. Now Shane. I pray that we could leave this place and we could leave this place with a mindset of I'm gonna live my life like this. Now David. Because we we are facing problems, right? I need to drink some water because I'm losing my voice. Now, David, put your name there. And what I really think of when I think of the life of David, when it comes to being a warrior, when it comes to being a warrior of the faith, the key thing that made it now David is David had different perspective. David looked at things different. David looked at the world differently. David looked at the problem differently. What does that look like for us in today's context? I wanna speak to the ones who are going through struggles, who are going through trials. I want us to begin to shift our eyes off of the problem and begin to shift them towards God. Take our eyes off of the magnitude of the problem and begin to look at God. I wanna start to say things like this. I'm done looking at that, I'm gonna look to God. I'm done looking at the things in my life that are broken. I'm gonna look to God. I'm done looking at my bank account with that negative mark in front of it. I'm gonna look to God. I'm done looking at the hardships in my family and focusing on them. I'm gonna look to God. I'm done looking at my divorce that happened 10 years ago that stopped me from moving forward with my family today. I'm gonna look to God. I'm done looking at that thing that happened to me years and years ago that hurt me to my core. I'm gonna choose to look to God. I hope we can change our perspective. If we're gonna be warriors, we have to begin to say things. I'm done looking at that. I'm gonna look to God, amen? Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for this time that we got to spend with each other this morning. I pray that you would move in us 
that you would call us to be the warriors for our faith you're calling us to be. That when we face trials, we would not quit. We would not give up, but we would hold on to the truths of who you are. That we would not look at the problems, but we would look to you instead. We love you and we praise you, and it's your son's holy name, amen.